Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. Good afternoon. How is everybody doing? Today is Tuesday, and this is episode 24 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. I am your host, J.P. Sticko. We have finally completed week one of the NFL preseason. It's been a long road. We had some dark days there where there's not much on television. Besides some baseball, and I'm a fan of baseball, but I know not many people are nowadays, and I get it. It's slow, but if you love baseball, you love baseball, and I'm one of those guys. So I was still watching sports on television, but in terms of the NFL and fantasy, it was very quiet. We had training camp going on, obviously, but there was nothing on TV. But the NFL preseason week one kicked off this weekend, and of course, there are a few things that you needed to monitor in these NFL preseason games. Now, don't get it twisted, okay? You can't just explode and move guys up your rankings dramatically because of preseason games. Now, of course, as these preseasons move forward, you could start adjusting your current draft board. Now, I have already done some of that, but I'm not drastically changing rankings according to one preseason game. And if you are, you need to look yourself in the mirror. You need to go see a counselor. And if you're gambling on it, you really go need to go see, get some help because the preseason is just that, especially week one. Week one of the preseason is meant to break down the roster, get your roster to a manageable size, get the guys you want on that roster, and cut the guys you don't need. And that's what week one is really for. However, with all that being said, I did have a few guys I wanted to keep my eye on. There was a few guys that popped during preseason game one. There are a few guys that fell off the cliff in preseason game one. But again, let's not go crazy over it. However, we need to monitor these guys moving forward. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's roll. So, you know, as I was watching the games, of course, I'm checking Twitter. I'm seeing what's going on on Twitter, what's exploding, what's being tre- what's trending who people are talking about. However, there are other guys that needed to be monitored. And these are some guys that should have been monitored that were not really talked about much on Twitter. Okay? And the first guy here is Sky Moore. Okay? Obviously, Sky Moore, rookie for the Kansas City Chiefs, has been all over the place on people's uh, draft boards. He's very high on some people's draft boards. He's in the middle on others, and he's low on others. People just don't really know where to put Sky Moore. So you know what that means? That means we need to monitor him closely. We need to see how he is gelling with Patrick Mahomes. We need to see how the Kansas City Chiefs are using him in terms of personnel. And we need to see how he is adjusting to the NFL game. The NFL game is a whole lot faster than college football, especially because he came from not a Power 5 conference. So he is a little bit behind in terms of the speed of the game. So I wanted to make sure I kept my eye on Sky Moore, and I will keep my eye on Sky Moore moving forward because somebody in Kansas City needs to emerge as wide receiver one. 
Okay, obviously Kelsey should lead that team in targets, but there needs to be a alpha wide receiver or a wide receiver. I'm sorry, not an alpha wide receiver, but a wide receiver that gets the most targets. So my eyes are on Sky Moore in the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver room. In preseason one, Sky Moore had three targets, caught all three of those for 23 yards. Obviously, guys, that is not like, wow, look at this guy. He went off in preseason one. But I do like that he caught all three of his targets. Why do I like that? Because it tells me a few things. Okay, what does that tell me? Is he's getting involved in the offense. But that also tells me that he is creating separation from the D-backs. Because if he had five targets and caught three of them, a few things could have went wrong there, and I would want to go back and watch some film. Was he not separating from the defender is one of those things that I would want to watch. However, if you have three targets and three catches, that means you are giving your quarterback an area to throw the ball. Okay, you are giving him his your, your numbers. You are finding a gap in his zone. You are simply getting open. I like this number from Sky Moore. I think this is a positive in Sky Moore's um, uh, projection moving forward. But again, it's preseason one. I am monitoring. I am not greatly adjusting rankings because of preseason week one. I am monitoring. And right now, this is a plus on Sky Moore in terms of what I was looking for. Another rookie that I was looking at that nobody is talking about is Tyler Algier. Okay, obviously, I love Tyler Algier, Atlanta Falcons, BYU running back. Rookie, if you've listened to my podcast and you are a listener, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And you know how much I like Tyler Alagier. I wanted to see what he would look like in the NFL game because at BYU, he was dominant. He was a red zone machine. He was a touchdown machine. He had a nose for the end zone. So I wanted to see what he would look like against NFL-type talent. So what did Tyler Alagier? Well, he didn't get much run. He had three carries. What did he do with those three carries? With those three carries, Tyler Algier averaged 8.3 yards per carry, and he rushed for 25 yards on three carries. Again, we want to monitor these guys. This is a fantastic start for Tyler Algier. I guarantee you this start gives him more run in practice. And what does that mean? He gets more runs with the ones in practice. He gets more familiar with the offensive line. The coaches see what he can do in front of, of a of Offensive line one, he gets more run with the first team offense in preseason. Then he can prove his worth. So again, yes, he didn't get much run, three carries, but that eight yards per carry is eye-opening to coaches. And I guarantee you right now, right here in practice, Tyler Algier is getting more carries with the, with, with the offensive uh, one group than he had in the past. And that's what you want to see in preseason, right? Especially early on. Guys performing in the little action in which they may be given. Seize the opportunity. What are they doing? How are they doing? I get it. Three carries, but eight yards per carry, man, that looks awfully nice. So that's a plus also for Tyler Algier. Um, You know, who is the top running back, rookie running back, right, this year? Rookie running back, right? Brees Hall, okay? He's all over everyone's board. Um, So... No, do you, have you heard what he did in preseason? I I really haven't. I had to go back and do some research. But um, Brees Hall rushed five times for 15 yards. So I was like, okay, maybe you know, it was the offensive line wasn't doing good or was it Brees Hall that just didn't run well? Well, I looked at Michael Carter. 
He had three carries for five yards. Okay, so that tells me a few things. Number one, the Jets' offensive line needs work. Okay, I understand it's preseason number one, but five carries, 15 yards, not very good. Michael Carter, three carries, five yards, even worse. So what I see out of that is has nothing to do with these running backs. That's to do with the offensive line. So my point of view in week two is I want to keep an eye on that. I want to keep an eye on the offensive line come week two in the run game for the New York Jets because running backs need an offensive line unless you're Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders never had, never had an offensive line. He did it all himself. But that's not today's ball game. You need an offensive line. Defenses are way too fast for you to beat them to the outside to do what Barry Sanders was doing back when he was doing it. Defenses are just too fast. So. You need an offensive line. So my view is not really technically in preseason game two for Hall and Carter. My eye, if I'm watching the New York Jets, which I'm going to go back and watch preseason two, if they're not um, on national television, I will go back and I will find tape of it. I'm going to see the offensive line. What do they look like? How are they shaping up? Again, preseason week one, I'm not going to knock Brees Hall down in, in, in terms of my rankings. There's just no way. I just refuse to do it. It's preseason week one, but what am I looking for in preseason week two? I want to see a better yards per carry. How is that going to happen? Let's look at the offensive line. Next guy is Jordan Love. I get it. Jordan Love is not a guy you're targeting in fantasy football, but if you're playing dynasty, he may be a guy you have on your dynasty team. So what did what did um, Jordan Love do? Did I, did I say Kevin Love? I, if I did, I'm sorry. I mean Jordan Love, okay? Kevin Love um, is not playing football all of a sudden. He is now still 97 years old and playing in the NBA. Um, but Jordan Love, um, again, not on a redraft radar, but if you're playing Dynasty or you're in a super flex or you're in some league where you have a million quarterbacks, he may be on your roster. So let's talk about him. Jordan Love went 13 of 24 for 176 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. So this begs to ask the question, what is going to happen with the Green Bay Packers once Aaron Rodgers decides to hang them up. And that could very well be next year. Aaron Rodgers is a loose cannon. He could make a decision literally at the end of the season, say, I'm done. Do the Packers then say, okay, Jordan Love, you're our dude, let's go. Or do they say, Jordan Love, you're not our dude, you're going to be a lifetime backup for us, we're going to go out and draft somebody. Why does that matter? Well, if you're playing Dynasty, you have Jordan Love, it matters. If you have any of the wide receivers, that matters. So it's something to monitor in Dynasty Leagues. Jordan Love, he does not look very good. He looks um, like he can't read a defense. And that's a problem. So that ends this segment for guys that kind of um, were under the radar. No one's really talking about. There are a whole lot more, right? Amon St. Brown's another one. He caught two catches for 29 yards. That's 14 yards per catch. That, to me, is very good. Um, I'm not as high as Amon St. Brown as many others are, but, however, I'm going to monitor this. He seems like he still has a fantastic rapport with Jared Goff. I want to continue to monitor that moving forward so then I can you know, go back to my rankings and do what I do in terms of move things up, move things down. On the next segment, I'm going to talk about some other guys that didn't have such a good preseason one and guys that really exploded on the scene. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. 
Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Let's keep those buses rolling. So next up on the docket are guys that when you opened up your Twitter or you opened up Facebook or you opened up Snapchat, you opened all these social media platforms, these guys were all over the place. Everyone was talking about them. I'll start with the bad. Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has a fumbling problem. Antonio Gibson is not a running back by trade. He was a wide receiver that was changed to wide receiver to running back in the NFL. He has trouble holding on to the ball. This is a problem. If you can't hold the ball, you shouldn't get the ball. Big problem. I am not at all on the Antonio Gibson train. I'm having a really tough time realizing or or a really tough time trying to figure out where he falls in my rankings because he is a big play type of guy. He can break off a big play. But if he keeps fumbling, he ain't going to have an opportunity to get a big play. After the fumble, he was pulled for the game and didn't sniff another down. In comes Brian Robinson Jr. Roll Tide. I got into an argument months ago about Brian Robertson Jr. with another Twitter um, Twitter head. And he was arguing with me that Brian Roberts is not going to do a single thing. He's not going to get any carries for the, co- the commanders. This is Antonio Gibson's team. Nah, 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 nah. Brian Roberts is going to bust. Nah, 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 nah. But Brian Robertson is what I was looking for in that Washington game. Would he take advantage of the opportunity? Not only that, he took advantage of the opportunity with the first-team offense because Antonio Gibson couldn't hold on to the ball. So that tells me a few things. Without even looking at how he did, I just him getting run with the first-team offense as much as he did tells me a few things. Number one, Ron Rivera does not trust Antonio Gibson. Number two, they trust Brian Robertson and they think he could contribute early and often because he would not get carries as much as he did with the first-team offense if they didn't think he was going to run behind the first-team offense as often as I think he's going to. He looked strong in his performance in Week 1. He fell forward to gain extra yards in this preseason game. He was fighting for extra yards in preseason number one. When there wasn't a hole, Brian Roberts did what Alabama running backs do best. Lower their shoulder and fall forward. Let's look at how he did. Six carries, 26 yards, touchdown. Oh, by the way, Brian Roberts can't catch. He had two catches for 15 yards. What I'm trying to say is this. You need to monitor 
Brian Robertson in week two of the preseason. Because if he continues to fall forward and get those extra yards, a coach like Juan Rivera, defensive-minded, loves that type of play. Get what you can get. If there's nothing available, don't bounce. Lower your shoulder and fall forward. A two-yard gain is better than a zero or a loss. That's the type of team that I think Juan Rivera would like to have on the field on offense. He's a hard-nosed dude. Think about him in Carolina. What type of offense did they run? Yes, D'Angelo Williams and all those guys. But Cam Newton, fall forward. Did he ever slide? No. Did you ever hear Ron Rivera really complain about it? No. Hard-nosed football. Washington commanders want to play hard-nosed football. And if Antonio Gibson can't figure out these fumbling issues, Brian Robertson, where it stands right now, is an absolute steal. Am I, am I sitting here right now today saying that Brian Robertson is going to be Washington Commanders' number one running back to start the season? No. But what I am saying is I'm monitoring it closely. Next up on the list, I was watching my G-Men on Thursday. And what I was looking for was their offensive game plan. What did it look like? And I love what I saw. They looked a lot more up-tempo. They had no huddle plays. They huddled up when they needed to. They kept the New England Patriots defense off guard in terms of how they were making their subs because if a team goes no huddle, you ain't making a sub on defense. So the ball was making sure he was putting his offense in the best position to go against the defense in terms of personnel, right? So if they had a three-man front and they were in a pass defense, he would no huddle to, to give the run game a better opportunity. I love to see it. That is not what we've seen for the New York Giants in decades. Maybe even ever, because they didn't really even do that with Eli. They always used to huddle up. But that a two-headed monster, thunder and lightning. I love that team. Plexico Burris on the outside team was filthy. But this is a different Giants offense. You have to take, you have to confuse the defense in this the ball offense to make this Giants team a contender or a winner in their conference this year. I loved what they looked like on offense. Barkley to the moon. Um Last one in this segment, and then, I'm, and then I'll, and I'll give you guys a little, little breather action here, and I'll continue, and I'll finish it off with my last segment. But Drew Locke, right? Drew Locke looked good, man. He didn't look bad. Geno Smith didn't look terrible either. Um, Coach Pete Carroll gave Geno Smith the entire first half to work. You know, he couldn't really figure it out until the last two-minute drive, which is kind of okay. I mean, he's still feeling out. It's preseason, pre, preseason week one. Um, he drove the team down for about 70 yards um, for a score. He was three for five, 37 yards, and scored on a hard, you know, a hard run uh, cut up the middle. So while Geno Smith did good on offense with his legs there, for the most part, I like what Locke did with his arm. He was 11 for 15, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. So we have a full-on QB competition in Seattle. It's no, it's That's not a secret. It's been said. Pete Carroll's come out and said it. It's a full-on competition. Um, do I think this is, this, this, if I, this, is, this is Pete Carroll, right? His heart is saying Geno Smith. 
And right now his mind is saying Drew Luck. Candice, who works for um, uh, SportsEthos.com with me, uh, mentioned that you know she's our, our Seattle Seahawks insider. This is how Pete Carroll thinks, right? He he likes consistency. He likes guys that have been around the system. He likes good locker room guys. And Geno Smith is just that. He's loyal, right? Pete Carroll's loyal is what she kept saying um, when I was, had her on my episode a couple weeks ago, about a month ago now. But if Drew Locks keeps competing and keeps putting out things like this, it's going to be really hard for his brain not to tell his heart, all right, let's have a serious sit-down conversation with Gino. You know, thank him for everything. Tell him he's still got a shot, but it's time to move Drew Locke in there with the starters. Drew Locke is younger. You got to see what you have with Drew Locke because if he's not the guy, you got to go out and draft somebody. But let's see what Drew Locke can do with these wide receivers, Lockett and DK Metcalf. I get it. He had receivers in Denver, but they were banged up a lot. It's different type of offense. Different. Sometimes people, a new setting brings out a different player. We've seen it. it it's, a, it's a telltale. It's an it's a story as a story as old as time, right? A player goes to a new area and he becomes a new player. Change of scenery is key. So maybe this is the key. Oh, <laughs> get it? Key and lock. See what I did there? But maybe this is the key that unlocks lock. The new setting, a new area in Seattle. Only time will tell. And for my final segment, obviously, guys, I can't get to everybody, right? The preseason, there's a lot of games, right? So I can't. I ain't got all day here. I love talking to you here, but I got other things I got to do, a couple, two, three things. So I can't get to everybody. But make sure you're on my Twitter. Ask me questions. Follow me. Let's go. Because I can answer whatever you want on there. I got all day on my cell phone. I did, dude, can't sit behind a desk all day and, and podcast. I wish I could. I got a full-time job. School is starting. I'm a school administrator, so school is starting on Thursday. I got two kids under the age of five. So it's a mad now, madhouse over here. But Twitter, I'm telling you I can get you. So follow me at JP Sticko, S-T-I-C-C-O on Twitter. So this is my last segment. I got a few other guys I want to mention, especially in that Pittsburgh Steelers team. I, I'm, I am, I am impressed. Okay, I was not high on Pickett coming out of um, Pittsburgh, but I, from what I saw in preseason week one, again, it's just preseason week one. Two drives, a go-ahead touchdown, thirteen for fifteen, ninety-five yards, and again a touchdown pass. He looked calm. He looked collective. He's looked like he's been there before. That to me is impressive. He had a lot of pressure on him. I know it was only preseason week one, but he knew the lights were on when he got onto that field. And how did he take advantage of his opportunity? He crushed it. 13 of 15, 95 yards, and a winning touchdown pass. On the other side of things, his competitor here is Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky looked very very good too. First two drives, four or seven, and a touchdown pass. And he looked more willing to take a chance on the deep ball. Now, that could be, okay, because coaches in preseason, they have scripts, especially in the beginning of the game. But in preseason, every quarterback comes in with a script. You guys don't understand what that means. It's literally the plays have been printed. They're on a piece of paper. The quarterback knows. The whole offense knows what's going to be called in what order. The coaches know what's going to be called in what order, and they just simply go play to play to play to play. Maybe they have a three-play option, kind of like what you have in Madden when you see him on the screen. You got three plays, I'll pick one of these three. So 
I can't ever put too much emphasis and enthusiasm under a quarterback in preseason unless they play two, three quarters, something like that. But plays are scripted, okay? And if you've ever played football, okay, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, and your plays are scripted, and you know what you're going to be running, it is a whole lot easier than when you're in the fourth quarter, pressure's on, tie game, defense is running something that you did not practice for, and you need to make a play. Totally different. We knew defenses, guys, in preseason are all in base defense, whether it's a 3-4, 4-3. They're not throwing anything at you that will surprise you. Regular season, that's a different story. That's when coaching comes in handy, and that's when quarterbacks and offensive players that can deal with the pressure shine. So, with all that being said, in a scripted offense, Pickett outplayed Trubisky, but Trubisky did not play play poorly enough to obviously lose that lose that quarterback one tag that he currently has. Now, news came out yesterday: Pickett was running practice with the with the with the first team offense more than he had in the past. So, what that means to me is Tomlin is noticing that Pickett has the ability and he's got to get on the confidence and he's got to get on the work with his with his first-team offense so that he can get him more playing time in the preseason with his first-team offense so he can continue to prove his worth. Now, this guy really blew up my phone. This guy blew up everything, George Pickens. George Pickens looked unbelievable for the Steelers. That toe touch that he had touchdown was an unbelievable catch, but it was obviously pass interference. Refs are in preseason two. I understand it, but that's not the point. The point is, Pickens looks like the real deal. Now, here it comes. Do I trust George Pickens in redraft leagues right now? Not yet. Obviously, I'm going to take him late, right? But I do not trust him to outplay a Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson is still in Pittsburgh, people. Deontay Johnson is going to demand targets, people. In the future, this is Pickens Steelers' offense. Steelers are probably bouncing their head off a wall because they re-extended Deontay Johnson's contract. I would have loved to have seen Deontay Johnson, if Pickens is the man that we think he is, how he's shown he has been, go to like Green Bay and let Pickens dominate in, in Pittsburgh and let Deontay get a chance to play with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. I'm getting a little bit nervous even with my Deontay Johnson ranking because of the... Uh, the growth and the, the the momentum that Pickens currently has with the Steelers team. Now, if they had a, a solidified quarterback and they had a Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or somebody that could get the ball to them on a consistent basis and they can have two dominant wide receivers, then I wouldn't be as worried as for Deontay Johnson as I am if Pickens plays well, right? But because of the quarterback play, I'm nervous because there may be a game where Deontay Johnson goes off. There may be another game where Pickens goes off. There may be another game where Fairmuth goes off. There may be, right? So, like, I'm nervous. So I want to keep my eye on this Pittsburgh offense. But it looked good. It looked good. This is this is this has Tomlin written all over it. The guy is an unbelievably underrated head coach. He's one of the best in the league, if not the best. I love Tomlin. He gets his team prepared. He gets his team ready. He doesn't deal with any BS. A, a, you know, uh, Antonio Brown, see you later. Le'Veon Bell, see you later. He can handle it until he can't handle it anymore. 
Next guy. I love him as my running back, too. There's no shot. I already wasn't considering it, and I'm definitely not considering it now after hearing that. He will be moving down in my ranking. All right. Well, that's going to put a bow on episode 24, week one preseason football recap. Uh, I'm going to try to get on either tomorrow or the day after. Um, I have some movement on my rankings, and I want to mention some of these movements. If you haven't already, sportsethos.com. Sign up for the premium package. I think it's like 5 bucks a month. Make sure you're on there. I got my rankings on there. Um, we're going to be doing some really cool things on Discord from our premium package owners. Um, Twitter, if you are a premium package owner, make sure you message me and let me know that, okay, because I can give you some more information. I can give you some access to different things that I would not give non-premium members. As always, for all my students, have a great first week of school down here in the South. We start school this week. Enjoy your first week. Okay, I know school is hard. I know school tends to be boring sometimes. Just keep grinding at the end of the day. It is all worth it. I promise you that. For everybody else, have a great uh, continuation of your work week. I will see you back either tomorrow or the day after. Stay safe, peace, love, and fantasy football.